All right, Shaggy. Well, the Stanley Cup will have a new home when this is all said and done. The Avalanche season comes to an end with a 2-1 to loss in Game 7 to Seattle. A lot to get to in this one. Where do the Avs go from here? Locked on Avalanche starts right now. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get a new, get an update. Notification is what they call those things when a new <laughs> show goes live. All right, man. Well, uh, this is the episode that uh, nobody likes to do, but uh, 31 shows here at Locked On uh, NHL will have to do them. There's only one team that doesn't have to do one of these shows, and that is the episode when your season comes to an end. And for the Avalanche, it was uh, the game seven. A hard-fought game, and it, it's uh, Philip Grubauer and an offsides is uh, what people are going to be talking about when it comes to at least Game Seven. Over the course of the, the whole series, it's a different story, but in terms of of the, the 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 game that decided it, it's those two things. Yeah, it's it's rough. We haven't had to talk about the end of the avalanche season in quite some time last time we did well not the the end of an avalanche season without hardware in our hands like this right right and uh it's it's bitter bittersweet kind of because that third period of the game you mentioned the offsides call and then philip grubauer's play which was exceptional which is it's hard to say because he is the victor and he's a former av Hmm. but it's that third period, you could visibly see the Avalanche running out of gas. That series was brutal. There is no, uh, just ask Cogliano how brutal it is. Um, <laughs> but I think the moment we can all point back to as like the visual encapsulation of this series and running out of gas was Yorgiev basically at center ice fielding that puck having Taser have to cover for him. It was a last-ditch effort. And at that moment, I was like, we're done. It was it was, it was, was rough to see. Yeah. You hate to see it. You are going to play the what-if game, depending on what the next series looks like and what the Avalanche could have, should have done. But yeah. it, you just hate to see it end this way. And we'll talk about briefly, like later on um, in, in this episode, just kind of like encapsulating and summarizing – the season as a whole. We'll focus in on this game for now. But, um, you know, I, I thought the way that they played in the first period, I was feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, yeah, Grubauer was was making saves left and right. But it's one of those, like, catch-22 things. It's like, okay, you're peppering him with goal or with shots on goal, which I think they had 16 or 17 in the first period, which – I believe is the most that they've had in this entire series in yeah, one period, 16. like by far. Right. So they were throwing shots on him every which way. 
So it's like I say it's a catch 22 because like that's what you want, because when you're an offensive minded team like the Avalanche are, you feel like if we just keep doing that, we're you know, the dam is going to break at some point. We'll get some by him. The flip side of that is goalies getting grooves. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you could tell Grubauer was he made some sprawling saves. He got lucky on a couple like the, the one um that was the one timer from erod which he yeah. didn't get all of it um he still made a great save on it but you know th- th- things just were not going the avalanche way as the the game went on but i felt great after the first of how they brought the energy how they were just throwing everything on goal they were preventing seattle from i think seattle only had five or six shots on goal in the first it's what it you is. wanted Six in the first. Yeah. yeah like you were setting the tone of this game and then bam, Seattle gets two goals and you, you get, well, you get one back and you had to have that. My God, you had to have that one on the power play on the power play. Thank God. <laughs> Not that that puts that argument to rest, <laughs> but um, you got it on the power play and you had to have it before the second yeah. two to one. You have that entire third period to play with. Two to nothing, you're constantly pressing maybe a little bit more. And then you get the what we thought was the equalizer, and it gets reviewed, and it's a clear-as-day offsides. And and Kyle, when it happened, man, like I I, I, I wanted to grow hair so I could rip it out <laughs> because I don't un- – I shouldn't say that. I do understand why – why players want to time it perfectly. Yeah. That razor thin margin of getting into the zone as the puck is coming into the zone. I've always thought it's not necessary to do that. I'm not saying be three or four seconds late, but I, I've never felt like you run the risk of that yeah. every time. And I just don't feel like it's necessary to, to have to be like, Bam, like Johnny on the spot getting into the zone. And the other part of it is Lekkanen was on the other side of the ice, man. He did he's out of the play where the yeah. where the puck is being brought it is is on the boards on the other side. Why do you feel the need to time this thing so it looks so good that you're you're coming into the zone right as the puck is? I've never understood that. And players do it daily. It's just part of the game right now. And I for one am not crazy about it. And I'm not either because you lose the advantage. Nothing like you see it on the power play, and it's one of the reasons why the power play is so ineffective. Is three or four guys stacked on the blue line waiting for it to cross. You're yeah. losing that advantage of bringing speed into the zone. Like if you're having people stacked up on the line, just kind of waiting to time it at the right time, they have to get that jump start and then go with you. They could get a skating start, come from center ice, and have more speed instead of having your puck carrier carry it between the dots and everybody following behind him, you you lose some of that. And then from yeah. that call, the offensive zone transitions, getting into that offensive zone, it never looked right again. Yeah, right. No, you're right in all that. And and that, you know, what, what always happens when, when a player comes flying into the offensive zone and then he comes to a dead stop and what happens? He's looking for guys trailing. <clears throat> so... You don't need to be there right away. I, yep. I don't know. Like I, I know it's 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 a. There's some people out there who are saying like no, it's you know, there's reasons why they have to do that. Like they're 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 trying to be you know, up with the play. 
I get that, but you can still be a, a half a step behind the play and still be a part of the play. Yeah, because I I, <clears throat> you do that with yeah. a, you lose that in the dropback pass. You have everybody standing there, and when they do that dropback pass and then drop back one more time, everybody's stacked up on the blue line. The puck carrier carries it in. He has no help because everybody's bottled up on the blue line, and they usually have to rim it around or fire just a weak shot on net hoping for a rebound. And then your offensive zone was for nothing because it's going back the other way. Right. Yeah. And even though that that came back and that happened early in the third, there there was a ton of I mean that I, I don't have it in front of me. Well, they don't put that up in the uh, in the scoring summary because it's not a goal anymore. Um, but there was like 17 minutes and change left when that happened or thereabouts, right? So you had a lot of time left. And even when it came off, <clears throat> I was like, it's all right. You got that goal um, late in the second, right? And then you had that goal early in the third. That's what you wanted. Grubauer is cracked. And then he just went back to playing well. And then the minutes just kept ticking off. And I, I thought that you'll get another one. You'll have – and, man, did the Avalanche have opportunities. They yeah. had opportunities left and right. And 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 chances – they were near double digits and chances for the game. And you have to pat Phil Grubauer on the back for this one. He he stood up for Georgiev did too. I'm not you know yeah. eliminating him, but you know the the winning goaltender here really won that game for them. He really did because the, the Avalanche, as far as like their top lines, were, were really on the ball. Um, the big thing that you hear a lot of uh, discussion with this series was the Avalanche depth. Um, I thought this was a better game for them. But you were not going to get uh, – they were not miraculously going to turn it up a little bit. I thought Alex Newick had a really good first period and then kind of disappeared a little bit. Yep. So um, – We got Mulligan more... in the second. Yeah, he, he turned it up a little bit more. So you got you got the, the play from those depth guys um, that you weren't were really getting all that much in the series. And that was kind of the difference in the series was, was depth play because – your, your your top units was avalanche all day avalanche all day um more to get to with this game including um the avalanche bringing brad hunt into the deal but he hardly played i, did he I had no idea he was something? even on the ice well because he only played 41 seconds <laughs> i don't know i don't know if he got hurt in that that one shift or what happened um but Is he keeping we, a streak alive that we don't know about uh, yeah i have no idea um, but we'll talk about that and faceoffs. Hey, faceoffs. There's there's a winning uh, formula for the Avalanche. Let's and of raise course, a banner. Our sound check, uh, which comes later on. But first, we have Athletic Greens. And if you are wondering to yourself, what exactly is Athletic Greens? Well, you put one delicious scoop of AG1 into a glass of water, and you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals. Whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients <clears throat> supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, even your aging, all of the things that are important to you. And it is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, so there's no GMOs and no nasty chemical taste or artificial anything because it tastes absolutely incredible and right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system 
with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So once again, thanks for stopping by making this your first listen of the day. We uh, greatly appreciate this. We, it might be the off season for the avalanche and technically it is for us, but you know, Lockdown avalanche doesn't go away. Uh, we, we still have uh, a big off-season plan. There's things Kyle and I are talking about that we want to do, which are kind of like fun and exciting. We have the draft to look forward to. We have free agency to look forward to. So uh, the fun and excitement doesn't stop here uh, just because the avalanche season is over. Clearly, we didn't want it to be this early, but it is. But that doesn't mean Kyle and I uh, just pack up and go into hibernation for a few months. Um, a lot to get to still. Yeah, the show so. must go on. Absolutely. Um, all right. Continuing with this game, yeah, you you you're obviously out Cogliano from that hit. If you follow us on Twitter, um, none too pleased with that, right? Um, we'll we're focusing on the game for today, and we'll kind of talk about. I'm sure we will be talking about Department of Player Safety uh, in the off season, but. Um, Clearly, we were not okay with how all of that went down. And it's kind of a bad look for everybody involved, we feel, uh, especially for Department of Player Safety, that Jordan Everly played in this game. Did he even have any? I mean, I mean, there wasn't a lot of points going around. Um, nothing. Nothing. He didn't have anything. So Three shots. But that's so it. it was non-existent anyway, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that at another time. But just know... We were not happy with that as most Avalanche fans. Yeah, Kyle's giving the two thumbs down. Um, so because of that, you know, you had a decision to make because you had to fill that spot. Another guy that's out. They went with with Hunt. Um, and yeah, man, he played – where's my stats here? He played 41 seconds. 41 seconds. And I don't remember hearing anything or reading anything that he got hurt. Or saying, like, he's not on the bench. Like, I didn't see anything. Maybe something will come out. But my question is, like, it was going back and forth between would it be him or Curtis McDermott. And maybe maybe McDermott, if he was the guy, he would have got 41 seconds too. I, we, we'll never know the answer to that. But it is it is odd why that, that's your fill-in guy. And when your depth is hurting, you're kind of straining your depth a little bit more. And your top guys, because they got to play even more minutes. When you do something like that, what what is going on with that? I and mean, we're recording this right after the fact, yep. so we don't have answers to it. So it's kind of odd to see that. You're down one goal, game seven. You're giving Mulgan 602. You're giving Ben Myers 542. And you're giving Brad Hunt 41 seconds. And we're complaining about mm. depth. You're cutting the depth off from the bottom. So now you yeah. are heavily relying on the top line and then you're which you were going to do anyway. You're going to rely on top line anyway. You and the way oh. they were playing Nathan McKinnon and Miko, I honestly early in that second period, I was like if they don't start cycling through these lines a little bit more, it's not going to matter if we win or lose game 7. 
they're going to get blitzed in this next series because you're going to wear them out. And it's interesting to see the bottom line lose faith in from the coaching that quickly. And I can't wait to see what happened to Brad Hunt. But with everything else that has gone on in this series, it's a it's a head scratcher. It is. It really is. And it just speaks to uh, the, the bigger issue for the avalanche. You know what I mean? Like we were saying earlier that when people look back at this series, it's going to be uh, the Kraken had depth that the avalanche did not. And if this doesn't show you, I'm not sure what, like th- this is exhibit Q <laughs> of, of all of the, the issues that the avalanche had with depth because you lose Cogliano and the guy that replaces him plays 41 seconds. And we don't think it's because of injury. Like again, if by the time, you know, you're listening to this, whenever you listen to this, uh, the day of that, we release it. uh, If it's in the afternoon or something like that, maybe you have the answer to that. But if the answer is not, he wasn't injured. He just was playing a forward position, which is not his natural position. And they weren't comfortable with that. And they sat him there. There you go. Like that, that, in a microcosm is what was wrong with the avalanche for this series. They didn't have the depth. And when the depth got hurt, the depth that replaced that depth, they didn't even feel comfortable playing. Yeah. And when we talk about this series in future episodes, I think we can easily break down the depth we brought into the playoffs because talking about McDermott or hunt as the additional forward is interesting. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's a that's something you do to get to the all-star break it's not what you want to handle into the playoffs so no yeah that's not you're, you're putting together that's where they like, were you're doing e-bug situations basically for your <laughs> roster and it's yeah. it's interesting and we'll address it like if depth was handled correctly in the playoffs and if the roster was constructed the right way yeah, and those again, those are questions for the. I know people are jumping on, you know, Sackick and McFarland right now, and you know, not making moves. In a way, they have an argument because you know there was no depth there, and I don't think you expected to be. It's weird saying this. I don't think you expected to be as injured as you were, but you were injured all season long. Yeah, so you had to assume that it was just going to continue in the playoffs, not in the fashion that it did to Andrew Cagliano, right? You're not, a, you're not expecting that a, a guy is going to fracture his neck. Yeah. Uh, but there was nothing there. The way that the season was going, there was nothing there to lead you to believe that, that injuries were going to stop because simply because it's the playoffs. Yeah. So Josh Manson goes down again. You had the Cogliano thing that, you know, and and the depth there, like, yeah, the, the move they made was Lars Eller, who I thought had a fantastic series, um, was it. He was your depth move. And what are you going to do? Like, you're asking, you know, do you really want to bring in Curtis McDermott? No. Do you really want to bring in Brad Hunt? No. But they, they're they stuck in that situation. Like, that is, that is the avalanche. That is this series summed up, and that is the season summed up for the avalanche injuries and the people that replaced them did the best that they could, but it's tough to rely on those guys to go win you playoff series. Yeah. And I, and I don't know, man, like I, I, I love this team. They showed fantastic grit and determination this season. Even if they won that game seven just now, 
and 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 we did a crossover show where they'd be going up against the stars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know if I could pick them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think they would give them a run, but man, like your your that that was the 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 bottom of the mountain right there, and everything that came next is just gets exponentially more difficult. And the this team. They'll give it your best and they, yep. they will they'll they'll give it their best and they will go out and they will perform it to the best that they can possibly play. But that it, the way that the team is constructed is so difficult to go win games against teams that are healthy. And there you have it. It, I, it was going to be tough. Like you wanted to get past this series just because you wanted to watch more avalanche hockey. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be difficult <clears throat> after this one. And and the team, even with the depth con- issues that they had and the construction of the roster, there was never a game in this series that it was like the Stanley cup last year where they dropped a game to Tampa. I think it was like six or seven to one. There was never one of those huge separations in score. Like the series was tight. It was decided it was, it was three, two, three, one. There was that six, four game, but it was a relatively tight series. Like they held their own, but going forward, it's not going to be that easy. And like Dallas is a formidable team. The Western Conference Finals would be a tall task, and you hate to see with the depth issues what this Avalanche team would look like against the East in a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and what I say the other day, three goals wins you this game. Three goals basically won you every game, with yep. the exception of Game Three, which was your six to four game. But if you scored three goals, that would that would have won you every every game. Yep, and it was true again for Game Seven. And they almost had it would have been two to two. And that would have been, you know, uh, if it went into overtime, obviously that would have been your third goal, which would have won it again. But I thought the avalanche, the last two games were their best games. Yeah. Game six and seven were clearly their best games. And then you had spotty areas of, of good play in all the games that came before it. And, and that's the reason why you got to a game seven is because if you played like the way you did in game six, especially, and game seven. I don't want to eliminate game seven just because you lost it. I thought you played a very good game. But if you if you went, if you started this series over and said, give me what you gave me in six and seven, this series is is over. Yep. It's over. I think the Avalanche showed like that, like why they were like the champion. And 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 they 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 got the best of Seattle in those two games. But Seattle got those two goals, and, and that just proved to be the the undoing for the Avs. Yeah, and after that call was reversed, you saw Seattle, instead of trying to make the next move and score the next goal to get that third one, you saw them change their game plan to just kind of suffocate the avalanche mm-hmm. and just run out the clock. Because they knew oh, if they, they were made a rolling. <clears throat> they were they were they were ro- rotating all four lines, yeah. like 20, 25 seconds a shift, get them out, fresh legs nonstop. That's what they were doing. Yeah. They they took advantage of the depth issue. And they just knew if we try and score another goal and make a mistake, the Avalanche are going to capitalize and take advantage of it. So let's just play the game against the clock because we but, got uh, it they, right here. Yeah, but they they did that because they didn't want to give up a, a stupid goal. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but they, if they had an opportunity, they took it. And yeah. there, they they hit a couple crossbars. Um, so so they they were they were not just sitting back and letting the Avalanche do what they want to do because they know they could not do that. Yep. They know if they did that, the Avalanche were swarming already in, in, the, in the entire first, and they knew if they if they just go into complete defensive mode, that's not recipe for yeah. a win. 
So it was a it was a good combination for them of being smart on your defensive, uh, you know, where you need to be defensively and attack when given the opportunity offensively. And uh, the, you know, Grubauer or excuse me, Georgiev with some really good saves that kept it at two to one. I thought he played well. And that first goal from Seattle, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. What are you going to do about that? Like that, that's just one of those fluky things that just goes off of Ben Myers right behind Georgiev, and it's one to nothing. And, and uh, that one right there, I just – God, like you, you just – you look at that and you're like, man, it's just – it's going to be one of those days, isn't it? Is that what we're going to lose on? Yeah. Is that really what we're going to lose on? <laughs> but frustrating. It's frustrating. And, and I guess – that's kind of where we'll, we'll, we'll kind of uh, have our final segment here in, in talking about just the season as a whole. And we will get into this again in the off season. We do season grades um, and we get your input from that. So what we, we put up players and we'll do this once the, the cup is over, but um, you know, we, we vote on giving players grades and we kind of talk about them, but just a quick like summation of this season. Yeah. It's injuries. Um, and yeah, it's going to be losing to Seattle in the first round. But what are you taking away from this year? The car was built right for the regular season. It just didn't have the muscle and gas to climb up the hill of the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was, like I said earlier, it was a, a gritty season for this team. And there were so many times where they could just packed it in and said, yeah, it's, it's just not our year. We can use the injuries as an excuse if it doesn't pan out but um i think going forward like the fact that they won the the division um gives them a lot of either way would have given you a lot of uh momentum and and something to fight for for next year but you 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 went out and you won the division you told yourself or you can tell yourself next year like what we we won the division with what we had which is not what we should be going into next year with. Next year is going to look a little bit different. Hopefully you have Landeskog back. Hopefully you're a healthier team. And you have to tell yourself, like, wow, we won the division minus all these guys. If we're healthy next year, get a couple additions, we really can can do what we did the Stanley Cup season. Yeah, and I'm curious to see with, like, the Nachushkin thing that happened in the middle of the series, the Landeskog absence without all the injuries, how much of this team remains the same going into next year and what, where this team is going to be going and how the NHL as a whole looks next year with all of the first round exits that we've already seen. Yeah. I mean, as you know, the, the, the cup champions are, are eliminated, but I think a lot of people are talking about the Boston Bruins right now over the avalanche that yeah. you're right, man. Like it's the, the, how this postseason is going to finish out, um, is I think going to help the league because you're going to have some awesome series and, and incredible games and the cup final is always great. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, uh, I think an off season of change. If you ask me for the abs, not, not at the top, those guys are, are under contract and they are set uh, all those role players and all those depth guys. I think you're, you're going to see an off season of change when it comes to the avalanche. Yeah. So. All right, one more piece of business to do here, and that is our Locked on Avalanche sound check. And Kyle and I always pick uh, one song that we feel best describes the most recent game. All you everydayers know that. I mean, you guys tune in. The guys that tune in every day know that uh, you can go over to Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> go over to Spotify. 
Search for LOA Soundcheck. This is volume number two. You can follow along. And I think this will probably wrap up volume number two. And we'll get to volume number three when uh, next season starts. So what, what? I guess what's your final song going on uh, the Soundcheck playlist, sir? Yeah, if you listen to the Soundcheck volume two, beginning to end, and you hear this song, it's like when you listened on cassette, it would say, you know, like, turn it over. It'd be a side B. Um, <laughs> and we'll go to volume three next year. But my last submission for this year, Black Veil Brides, in the end. The, it's not a cover uh, of Linkin Park, is it? No, no. This no. is a really, really good song. I think it was yeah. featured in like NHL 2019 or 18. But it was. it's in the end when we fade into the night. Who will tell the story of our life and who will remember our last goodbye? It's a mm. great song and it fits. Mm. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where you got to go. And that's kind of what I'm going with too. I, I chose uh Manchester orchestra and the song is called the silence and it it's fitting, <coughs> excuse me. It's fitting just from the title, but just the, the vibe of the song. It's a very like downtrodden, mm. depressing song. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but like, whenever an avalanche season ends that doesn't end in a Stanley cup championship, it's a sad time. Yep. It's a sad time. And it, and it, it'll hit me tomorrow that, you know, we don't get to watch avalanche hockey until October. Yeah. Or I mean, well, September, if you want to count the preseason, pre-season. but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the season is wrapped up. It's wrapped up and it's not obviously when you started the season, you had visions of a, a repeat. And uh, even going into the playoffs, you were like, hey, maybe, you know, the East is is jam-packed, but they got a shot to at least get back to the Stanley Cup final. And it just was not meant to be this year. So. Uh, what a Monday. We, the Monday is Monday of all Monday. It really is, man. It really is. So um, that's going to wrap it up. So thank you to everybody who's uh, tuned in during the entirety of the season and especially into the playoffs but like i said uh earlier like the 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 season doesn't stop for us so we will continue to do our humble little podcast here and uh i hope you guys stick around for for the off season because uh we do a lot of fun things i have a really fun thing planned which i'm not going to get to now i'm not going to throw everything out there now we got to dangle the carrot a little bit that's what we call in the podcast business a tease yeah hey (laughs) uh so that'll wrap it up for today and for this season so uh it's been fun it's going to continue to be fun and he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris maselli this is the locked on avalanche podcast thank you everybody for tuning in and making it your first listen it's always appreciated we'll catch you guys later Go, Abs, go!